Hello and welcome back to Drunken Book Club. I am your goblin-like child host, Christopher the Rupal, joined with... I'm missing my two front teeth, Sam. Aw, oh, did you swallow them, little girl? All gone. Aw, oh, poor thing. Yes, you look like a little freak now, don't you? <laughs> and on this episode of Drunken Book Club, we read for Judy Bloom June, Tales of a Fourth Grade Nothing. One of her earlier kind of just non, just, just, just young adult books that she made that weren't related to specific topics that may be considered a, a bit risque, if you would. I'd say more controversial than risque. <laughs> why, why controversial versus risque? Because, are you there, God, it's me, Margaret, isn't really risque. Risque. It's just more, some people had a problem because it's actually girls talking about, like, risque. their bodies. Whereas some of them are more risque in that sense. <laughs> but I would just say controversial is a better term overall. Yeah. Is that fair? Yeah, that's fair. And on this episode of Drunken Book Club, I didn't pregame on anything because I had an upset tummy today and I didn't want to have alcohol. But Sam, you drank something. I have a Dr. Pepper with a, I would say kind of like a shot and a half because it was one of those bigger shot glasses. Yeah. Of the cherry vanilla what Captain bigger Morgan. shot glass? The like, uh, Mass Effect. Those those are our shot, hon. Oh, they're just normal shots? They're they just they normal look shots. bigger. Is that fair to say? It's all about perspective. Okay. So I guess it was just a shot, but. You just had a shot. Eh, whatever. <laughs> oh, yeah. And if I would have had a drink, I actually did have two different drink ideas for today's book to pair with it. I would have had The Little Devil to kind of pair with Fudge being the most terrible child ever. Uh, and to make a Little Devil of your own, if you'd like to at home, it is one ounce gin, one ounce uh, rum. Doesn't specify dark or light. I used light with mine and it worked out fine, but you could probably use dark as well. A half ounce of triple sec and a half ounce of either lemon or lime juice. I used lime and I also used blueberry gin and I thought it went down pretty smooth. It's a little bit of a stronger drink because you, you put that all into a shaker, shake it up, pour it into a chilled glass, not over ice, and it's... It's kind of a rough one, because it's just pretty much pure alcohol. I was going to say, it kind of sounds like in the sense of almost a Long Island in that sense of... Yeah. It's it's not the best drink, but it definitely feels right for Fudge. Yeah. <laughs> Being a little devil himself. And the only other drink I could come up with was going to be the fish bowl, or the turtle bowl, technically, because our, our hero, uh, uh, Peter, I had to remember his name... It's Peter. <laughs> Peter! I've read three different books since this one. <laughs> Actually, that's not true. I've, I've started reading another book since this one. <laughs> but Peter wins a, a turtle, and I was thinking, oh, maybe we could make something related to that. Uh, the only th idea I could think of, it would probably have blue curacao, so it could look like, you know, blue water, and you'd just drop some jelly turtles in there, but we found out jelly turtles taste like garbage. They're a little, like, overly sweet and has a weird creamy texture yeah, to it. Yeah, it's like a weird vanilla taste. It, it It's one of those, it could maybe work under certain circumstances, yeah. but it's not not for me. No, not for me either. We Thank God we only picked up a few when we went to Fuzzy Wigs Candy Company. Which is a good... It's, it's a good little thing. It's it's not locally owned. I believe it's just a... Uh, like a franchise? It's a franchise. It's... But, like, you have to buy into it or whatever, yeah. you know? This but still seems like it's a good little place. And... Yeah, I was about to say, I love the people there. I've met the boss many a time. I've served her popcorn and hooked her up, uh, and I just like candy. Yeah. I was disappointed that I got the wrong kind of sprees, though. 
But that's on you also. That was on me. I didn't... I thought all sprees were the same. I don't think I've ever had original sprees. I've only ever had chewy sprees. I thought I had hard sprees before. I was like, I don't know. I'm not sure. It's been forever since I've had sprees in general, so... If you're going to have a hard spree, you might as well just have sweet tarts, honestly. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. They're just just sweet tarts with a harder coat. (laughs) All right, but we're off of that topic now. That was our pregame. Sam, what were your first impressions of this book? What did you think this book was going to be about? So I thought it was going to be about the fourth grader and basically, as you quoted, to quote you because you told it before I read it, Yeah. his little goblin of a brother. (laughs) And what was the other thing? I think I read Super Fudge when I was in, like, fifth grade, because they wanted us to read, like, a realistic fiction. Yeah. And I was like, does this count? And my teacher's like, sure, whatever, <laughs> I guess. Close the fucking up. Mr. G. Yeah. Yeah, you had Mr. G. He was cool. Yeah, he seemed cool. I didn't have him. I had Miss Russell, the better of the fifth grade Yeah, I was going to say. But she retired when I... Yep. So, so I... no play for you. So... I starred. I, I didn't star in the play. I, I did get applauded, though. Yeah. Yep. So, but either way. And I bet money that Sam's dad may have actually recorded it and we need to... I, we never asked him if we did. I don't think... He probably didn't, though. Oh. Partially because, one, that was back in the day with the huge-ass cameras where... I figured he would have done it for, like, funsies or whatever. He usually wouldn't put... I don't think he even pulled it out for my own recordings until it got to smaller cameras. Gotcha. Like, to be honest. Damn. I could be wrong, though. I need to find that play. Maybe someone, like, recorded it and put it on YouTube. I was gonna people say... put stuff like that. I found old things from my band days. That's I found fair. the 2008 Wicked, which was honestly the only good band when I was in. So, my first impressions might not be fair uh, to, to make first impressions on this one, as I actually read this one when I was either in fourth or fifth grade. I'm pretty sure it was fifth grade. So, I will abstain from saying anything here. Ah, he abstained. I will. I, will, I abstain and let Beavis take over. <laughs> There's a reference to a new Beavis and Butthead episode. You should go watch it. So, Sam, I'm going to describe this wonderful cover. This wonderfully boring cover. Uh, we So, we have ourselves the 2003 reprint here. Uh, we have a sad, pathetic boy with shaggy brown hair staring at the reader as a goblin child with bright orange hair <laughs> runs behind him holding a turtle in a bowl over his head. Also, the kid's legs look like they're broken, I'm going to be honest here. It's cartoony. True. It's just weird pants. Also, there are a bunch of juice boxes scattered in the background. It's also Juicio. That's the brand. Yeah. <laughs> now that I realize it. Alrighty. Chapter one. The big winner. More like the big wiener, am I right? <laughs> Peter Warren Hatcher is our narrator and protagonist of the story. He's the big winner at Jimmy Fargo's birthday party. By being the closest to guess how many jelly beans were in a glass jar, Peter wins a tiny pet turtle that he names Dribble. I kept wanting to say Dribbles. No, I kept thinking Dribbles, even though I'd see Dribbles. Right, it's it's Dribble. Like, dribbles. Tin cups. Tin cups. That's the vibe. Peter's mom isn't too thrilled with him having a smelly turtle as a pet, but she lets him keep it as long as he takes care of it. He says that mom may be a, be a nag, but his biggest problem in his apartment is his two-and-a-half-year-old brother, Fudge. Which, when you look at this cover, that is not a two-and-a-half-year-old. That looks like a four-year-old. Four. I was saying four, yeah. Maybe five, if we're being generous. Like tops, yeah. yeah. We also learn his dad works for an advertising company, and his latest commercial was for a juice brand called Juicio. More on that right now. <laughs> Chapter 2, Mr. and Mrs. Juicio. The president of the Juicio factory, Mr. Yarby, is coming to New York, and Peter's father has invited him and his wife to crash at their place. 
This means Fudge has to sleep in Peter's room, which to his much to his disdain. Because Fudge talks in his sleep and slurps on his hand as well. Much like Sam does. I do not slurp on my hand. You slurp on your hand. It makes me... It, see, I laugh at it when, when I'm awake, but when you're when I'm trying to sleep, awful. Just awful. <laughs> Sam, that's my dick. <laughs> you would not be complaining. <laughs> yeah, I would with that awful noise. That's a horrible noise. <laughs> ah! <laughs> horrible noise. You bit off my foreskin. <laughs> I have five skin. <laughs> Wait, is that that condition where you can't <laughs> famosis or whatever? Uh, da, 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 da. Peter tries to convince his mom to let him sleep in the living room, but she doesn't let him. Peter starts getting the place looking nice. Or sorry, mom starts getting the place looking nice and cooking dinner for them tonight. She even places flowers as a centerpiece. Later that day, two flowers are missing. It turns out Fudge ate them, and Mom had to pry his mouth open like a dog to find that out. <laughs> Peter decides to try rose petals to see if it tastes good. It does not. Have you ever done that before? Like, trying something because someone else did, or it was in a book? Like, something like that? Yes. What? So, one of them that I can remember is when everyone was licking the fucking Switch cartridges. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you couldn't help yourself. That was just, like, everyone um, had to do it. For me, I was like, it tastes like bad plastic. Like, yeah. that's it. No, there's definitely a bitter taste to it. I didn't really get it, but maybe, I don't know. Maybe I just got a bad cartridge. <laughs> I tried Play-Doh. I think I tried it once. Yeah, and it's salty because it's all because your hands are all up in that shit. I remember one of the times, I think it was in high school, the teacher was like, love of God, don't eat Play-Doh. Everyone has touched this fucking Play-Doh. That it's, is how you get it's sick. It's non-toxic. I don't care if someone's touched it. A million kids have touched it. I'm going to say, it's toxic not because of the Play-Doh, <laughs> but because of the bacteria. Dad finally arrives with the Yarbies, and Mrs. Yarby is in love with Little Fudge. She even has a present for him, a wind-up toy train that makes plenty of noise. She also has a present for Peter, a picture dictionary that is definitely not right for how old he is. Uh, so I already know Sam has an answer to this one, but has anyone ever gotten that age-inappropriate present before? So many fucking times. Yeah, I'm sorry. I was the youngest, I was the youngest girl, so they always wanted to give me, like, really girly shit, and I was never a super girl, like, especially I said like, age-inappropriate items, not well, sex, or, uh, girly, too girly. Well, I mean, part of the too girly, though, yeah. was also the, like, it would always be, like, way too young, yeah. or, like, not my age range. Yeah. Like, the lip gloss I got when I was, like, 14, and it was, that, like, Yeah, that was the one that I was gonna say, yeah. Yeah. I don't so. think I've... I'm, like, trying to think if I've ever gotten, like, an age-inappropriate gift. <sighs> I mean, honestly, I think the stupidest gift I've ever gotten as an adult is a Fandango gift card when I worked at the fucking movie theater... That was one of your uh, aunts or uncles. I mean, to be or fair. cousins, technically. To be fair, my cousins. Like, a lot of the times I feel like I'm like, you really didn't even try, did you? Yeah. Like, you, like you, if, if they could have given me a gift card, why not something simple like a Walmart? Fucking Amazon. Yeah. Amazon existed at that point. It's not yeah. like it was like some secret. Yeah. I, but like, a Fandango gift card. I think I ended up giving that to like, so, like uh, I can't remember who I gave so it to. So someone that Somebody, would yeah. actually use it. Mm -hmm. Maybe my dad? Maybe your dad, I think. Uh, Peter is still thankful for the gift, even though he knows he had the same one when he was four, that is also in Fudge's room at this very moment. Speaking of which, Fudge takes out the old picture dictionary, embarrassing everyone in different ways. 
The parents are like, it's time for Fudge to go the fuck to bed. And they put him in his easily escapable crib. Just put a book on top of it. Yeah. Put a book. Sometimes they have, like, the clothes on top where you can, like, yeah. just weight it down. And it's basically a baby cage. Okay. <laughs> By the time they're having the roast beef, Fudge has entered the scene carrying dribbles. The Yarbies are not too pleased with this and berate Peter's parents about how the kids are undisciplined. They take Fudge back to his crib just for him to return during dessert wearing Peter's realistic gorilla mask he wore for Halloween. There was an apostrophe in Halloween. Some it's it's do classic. That. It's yeah. it's definitely an East Coast thing. Yeah. But I thought that was weird. This startles Mrs. Yarby. Once again, Fudge is put in his crib, but he doesn't come out. They all go to bed. That morning, Fudge wakes up everyone with his new toy train, and we discover the Yarbies are going to stay in a hotel. We find out that Peter's dad has lost the Juicio account, but they don't feel too bad, because it it wasn't a very good product to begin with. My favorite thing, though, with it, mm-hmm. is when Peter's like, it's not even my fucking, like, it's it's the Yarby's own fucking fault that, that, that he's playing with that toy train. Yep. That's their bitch's problem, <laughs> not me. Mm-hmm. It's, you, you give you give a baby a, a toddler something annoying, they're gonna play with it. Well, I remember my mom years ago when I when I went back East Coast for Christmas, and I met my cousin, my second cousins technically. Yeah. Um. So it's it's legal to marry them. Got it. <laughs> I would not though, because I know, I know, that's the joke. But yeah, um, and they were like six and four. And my mom like got them these like building block kind of things that were cool. And not noisy. That yeah. was the thing. Is she didn't want to be like that that annoying aunt that's like, here, here's, here's something. Here's the most annoying thing ever. Here's a cat piano. Yeah. Like we were going to do with <laughs> Oh, we were going to get him so many annoying things, but we never did. Yeah. To be fair, for the first few years, he was over in California, so yeah. we didn't want to. Um, but my aunt then comes in with these, like, they, they're kind of, the easiest thing I can describe is proto, like, Apple Watch kind of thing, where they make a bunch of beeping noises on the buttons they uh. push, and, like, noise, and all sorts of sounds and music and shit. My mom's like, it wasn't me. It wasn't me. <laughs> yeah, basically. Which, again, to be fair. Chapter 3, The Family Dog. No, not the classic TV series produced by Tim Burton, but Chapter 3, The Family Dog. For some reason, Fudge doesn't want to eat. They try everything to get him to eat, but he won't. Eventually, he starts acting like a dog and eats under the table, but doesn't eat much. Peter is angry that they're so worried about Fudge, which is reasonable because, yeah, Fudge is a pain. Nothing seems to work, and when Mom takes him to the doctor, the doc says there's nothing wrong with the kid. She then tries three other doctors, and they say the same thing, but one says to try and give him his favorite food. So she makes him lamb chops, and everyone else has stew that night. I'm, I'm like, that's a bitch move. Like, Yeah. Why can't everyone have pork chops? Yeah, like, make, make it for everybody. Or lamb chops, I mean, sorry. But still, like, don't... Have you ever had lamb chops? Maybe long ass time I'd ago. like to try them, but, like, I wouldn't want to make them myself. Because yeah. I know I would fuck it up somehow. I kind of pork la- chops now, though. Oh, pork chops are bomb. Um, she tries... Uh, da, 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 yeah. The Peter is jealous because it smells so good, but Fudge won't eat it and demands cornflakes, which he also won't eat. Peter's dad has had it up, up to here with Fudge. He says, if you won't eat it, you'll wear it. Fudge doesn't budge, and Dad takes him to the bathroom with the bowl of cereal and places it over his head to wear. This upsets Fudge, and Dad is like, no one help him, let him scream it out. The next day, Fudge decides to eat. I don't know if this is good parenting or not. Sam? So, my thought is, one, I get it because Fudge is a little fucking psychological nightmare. Yeah. He's a little psychopath. Because he's a two-year-old. Two-year-olds are just psychopaths. Yeah. 
I wouldn't say it's like abuse, because yeah. there's no real harm. Yeah, you're putting a bowl of cereal over his head, and he's just getting covered in cereal in a bathtub as well. Yeah, in a bathtub. So he can literally be washed. And once he calms down, you can clean it off. Then. Exactly. It's not, he's not in any danger. He's not being really abused. Mm. I don't know if it's really good parenting, because I don't think it really teaches him anything other than, like... Uh, he definitely learns his lesson. I don't think it... But then he comes back he and He does come later. back, yeah. But it's not that bad, though. I was gonna say, I wouldn't say it's that bad, I just don't think it'd be that effective. He did fucking eat sardine again, though. Yeah, but I'm just saying I don't think in the long run it's the best. I mean, he, he definitely ate the rest of the book. Definitely ate. Chapter 4. My Brother, the Bird. Peter explains that they live near Central Park. And that he's not allowed to go there by himself because of the muggers and dope pushers. <laughs> yeah, I heard well, that. From the book, I love it. Yeah. We also have like a 2003 version, I'm surprised it didn't change that. We also learn about Sheila, a girl from Peter's class that lives in the same building as him, and that he can't stand her. We'll meet her again in the book, otherwise known as Sheila the Great, mm. which is the next one of the uh, Tales of a Fourth Grade Nothing series. Mm. Yeah, He's only in it briefly, but it's part of that part of the series, because the rest is just Peter and Fudge. One afternoon, Peter and Jimmy Fargo are in the park to play. They plan on playing on their favorite rocks and pretend to be secret agents. But that plan turns sour when they see none other than Sheila pretending to read a book on their rocks. They try to shoo the girl away, but she won't budge. Then suddenly, Fudge and Peter's mom appear. She can't seem to keep Fudge close as he keeps chasing birds to try and catch them. Sheila offers to watch Fudge for her, and Mom surprisingly accepts his offer as long as Peter and Jimmy help out too. And I'll be saying this uh, uh, quite a bit. Peter reluctantly agrees, and Sheila is put in charge. I feel like that's the, that's like the colon of the book of Tales of Fourth Grade Nothing, colon, Peter reluctantly agrees. Yeah. That is the through line of this book. <laughs> that's the theme of the book. Reluctance. Yeah. the You do shit for your little brother even if you fucking hate it. Yeah. Sheila offers to watch. Oh wait, sorry, I'm at the wrong spot. Ba -ba 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 -ba. They're told to go to the playground so that mom can find them quickly. So they do. When they get there, Sheila decides she'd rather give the boys cooties by touching them instead of watching Fudge. The boys retaliate by holding her down and giving her cooties right back by pissing on her. No, uh, I don't know why. Just hey, cooties. Yeah, cooties. What I love is he's even like this is a fucking stupid thing. She's the only one that does it. Yeah, and they're like in fourth grade. Like no one did that in fourth grade anymore. That's like yeah. third grade tops. Yeah. So he even he even he's like fucking bitch. Yeah, he's like what the fuck, man. So this leaves Fudge by himself, and he decides to climb the jungle gym all the way to the top. And he yells at Peter to tell him that he's a birdie. Before they can stop him from trying to fly, Fudge jumps off the jungle gym and lands hard on the ground. He's pretty badly scraped up, but the worst part is that he's missing his two front teeth. Peter tries cleaning the poor kid up while Sheila looks for the teeth, and Jimmy gets Peter's mom. Mom gets there in no time, and they take the poor crying Fudge home. When they get home, Mom is pissed at Peter, who, in all fairness, wasn't in charge of Fudge, and he says so. Peter is really upset at his mom and believes she no longer loves him because she has Fudge in her life. I mean, if we all had Fudge in our life. Real Fudge, not, not this kid. Yeah, I was going to say actual Fudge, I mean. The next morning, Mom says she's sorry about how she reacted towards Peter for the incident. Peter knows that she really does love him. Aww. So my thing is, though, is I, as I'm not the older child, so I can't speak to this. Yeah. I was the I. fudge. Like, let's be real here. We were both the fudge at some point. Yeah. But after you hit that, once you grow out of the fudge age and you're no longer like the cute thing, everyone goes, oh, look how cute you are. 
I get that feeling of the like, oh, I'm sorry, fuck me for existing. <laughs> yeah, I never escaped that. I was always whooped because my mommy almost killed me when I was two. Because of the car crash? Yes, near fatal car accident. No, I'm just the way you said that. I'm, I had, I had oh, this like almost weird. Killed, <laughs> killed you like she was like gonna drown you in the bathtub kind of kill. Me. Not, not like accident. Yeah, no. I feel like that's why I'm the favorite because my mom, like I, like weird, weird tangent here, but like I slept in my with my mom in the bed for like the longest time, like I think until like I was at least five, and like I finally got my own bed when I was like five or six. But I think it's because my mom was very protective of me because I, we both nearly died. Yeah. You know, I feel like she, she, she made up for it by being love. And then I got fat and I was like, mom, can I have the pot dog? And she's like, here you go. And I was like, oh, I'm joking. I'm not my mama. Mama. Actually, I didn't get fat till I was like six. Uh, chapter sorry, five. Sorry, you said that like when I turned five, that's when I got fat. No, sorry, sorry. That was six. I got fat. I, that's when I got fat was when I was six. I don't know. I was a chunky baby. I was a chunky child. I just I was, was. I was like, you've seen pictures when I was little. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you saw little Joe Dirt Chris. <laughs> I I need to find I will take a picture in the future to show off that I looked like a little Joe Dirt. You did. Uh, That's why it made me laugh. It's all, not all, all you fans out there of uh, Joe Dirt, here you go. Uh, chapter five: The Birthday Bash, which is hilarious. I actually read this one in my uh, while I was working, so I'm like, ooh, let's see how well so, I did these notes. By the way, callback, mom. Uh, mom no, <laughs> that is that one yeah, kid, Ralph. Yeah, Ralph is that fucking kid. Yeah. The birthday bash. Fudge is stuck with missing front teeth, and Peter gives Fudge the affectionate nickname of Fang, which Mom hates. Fudge's birthday is coming up, and Mom has invited three kids he plays with that live in the apartment building. Janae, Ralph, and Sam. Peter is forced to assist for the 90-minute party. The three kids arrive. Ralph is a real porker. Jenny is a biter. And Sam is a crybaby. Hey, guess what? Sam's all three of those. Well, am I wrong? Were you not the biter? You weren't the porker and you weren't the crybaby? I'm going to bite you right now, asshole. <laughs> you don't need to be a dick about it. Also, my note was, now that's a D&D party. <laughs> and then you have fudge. Yep. That's all you got to say. The cake comes out and has a nice callback because it has roses on it. And those are the first thing that fudge eats off of the cake. The kids eat the cake, and when Ralph is given a second piece, he throws up, so they move things into the living room. Oh, so one thing I want to say yeah. is Jenny was like, I want a rose on mine, and they're like, sorry, we don't have it, and then she bites Grandma. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, I, I, There's a lot of stuff I needed to, like, leave out, but, like, this this is without doubt my favorite chapter of this book, because it's fucking hilarious. See, I'm like, I realize part of the reason I've, I kind of hated going through this book, Yeah. I'm thinking about it now, my last fucking job. Fair enough. I feel like there's... I was Peter, basically. <laughs> yeah, Sam, Sam was a fourth grade nothing, and she had to take care of a two-year-old. <laughs> that was a lot of time. And the mom just being like, why aren't you doing anything? I feel like we've had enough time that you can say what your old job was. I used you're to... Not, you're not going to go back there. Oh, fuck no. I couldn't go back to there. I used to work in DCS investigations, and then I was a visit aide. And, God, I hated it. Yeah. Not going back. Nope. If Even if I lost my current job, mm-hmm. I would go to something else. Yep. Alrighty, so where did we leave off? Uh, so, uh, yeah, he threw up. So they move things into the living room, and Fudge opens his presents. Sam is scared by two of them, and said that Fudge doesn't like his present, which is another picture dictionary. (laughs) 
The kids are then given balloons to dance with, but seem confused by the objects. Peter is then forced to show them what to do, and the kids excitedly dance and start causing a ruckus that gets their downstairs neighbor's attention. Eventually, Mom decides to have them settle down with a nice story. Ralph falls asleep, and Mom isn't sure what to do now. She then asks Peter to show off Dribble, and he reluctantly agrees. Uh, the, the, the reluctantly agree. If you were doing a drinking game, every time Peter reluctantly agrees. Yeah, every time I say the words reluctantly agrees. Take a shot, and then you die. Yeah, just take a drink. It's okay. The toddlers are absorbed by Dribble, and Jenny asks if he makes, and Peter isn't sure what she means, and she demonstrates what she means and pisses herself. On purpose. On purpose. Yeah, no, she did it on accident. I mean, she's three. Like, she could have pissed herself on accident. Ever known a kid who would piss themselves on purpose? I did at my internship. (laughs) Sorry to tell you said that. I know an adult that did that. (laughs) Because when I worked in behavioral health, yeah. there was a woman, and she was slightly developmentally delayed. Yeah, yeah. But she knew she'd get a reaction if she made a mess of herself. Which is fair. So she would do that. Yeah. To get a reaction. Mom is pissed and cleans up Jenny's <laughs> piss. And soon all the parents start showing up to pick up their kids. And that ends the birthday party to end all birthday parties. Not a birthday party until a kid pisses themselves on purpose. Yeah, boy. That's why I pee myself as soon as we get there. <laughs> To really show how good of a party it is. See, I'm just thinking of us, like, going to D&D, and then you just start, you just, like, we open the door, and you just, like, are staring at least. I'm just like, yeah, we're gonna have a good time! Look! And then I just piss myself. And I'm wearing my dark pants, too, so it's not that noticeable. Until the puddle. So, I don't think I'd make, well, I guess I would make a puddle. Depends. Yeah. Depends. Yeah. No, it depends if I'm wearing depends. Yeah. <laughs> Chapter six. Fang hits the town. I, I love the name Fang. On Saturday, Fudge has another dentist appointment to make sure his mouth is healing okay. Mom wants to make a day of it, and Peter, yet again, is like, Fuck, okay, I reluctantly agree. <laughs> I actually didn't put reluctantly agree. So they go. He does reluctantly agree, because oh, he he's re- like, I don't want to fucking he go. He reluctantly agrees two more times in this chapter. Don't worry. So they go to the dentist's office, and when they get there, Fudge is admitted, admitted but the doctor has one rule. No moms in the examination room. He wants to finger them with in privacy. <laughs> Sam didn't like my joke. Ugh. <laughs> Just uh, after some time, the nurse comes out and has a request for Peter. Apparently, Fudge won't open his mouth for the dentist, and they want Pete to show Fudge how it's done. He ends up wor- it ends up working, and they head to Bloomingdale's to go shoe shopping. Peter gets new loafers, and they try getting Fudge some new saddle shoes, but the kid doesn't want them. Which, I'm like, dude, I looked up what style shoes are, they look pretty tight. Yeah, I was gonna say, I decided to look it up, because I'm like, I think it, I was making sure, and I was like, damn, I wanted some of these. Yeah, they're cool! I like these. Yeah, I wouldn't mind, if I, if, I mean, I work in a job that requires dress shoes sometimes, but now that I wear a fucking polo, it doesn't matter what kind of shoes I wear, so I'm gonna continue wearing shitty-ass Skechers. Yeah, so I could wear them for, like, when I have, for the few times I have to go to dress shit, but yeah, 90% yeah, yeah. of the time I'm using... So Fudge wants loafers like Peter, but loafers don't come in his size, so they come up with a plan to fool him into getting saddle shoes by having Peter pretend he's getting some. The plan works, and they have uh, they finish up by having lunch at Burger Heaven. Fudge acts up, Peter chokes on his pickle, and nothing really eventful happens. Yeah. <laughs> chapter 7, The Flying Train Committee, a.k.a. my least favorite chapter, personally. Yeah. Yeah, I did not care for this. I thought it was a very boring chapter. Maybe it's because it revolved around Peter. (laughs) 
Well, that and it was also just kind of like, Sheila's a bitch. Peter's like, can you not be a bitch for five seconds? Yeah. And then she's like, ah, fine. And then, and then Fudge, and everyone's like, where's Fudge? And then Fudge is like, I'm fucking something up. In January, Peter has to do a project with Jimmy and Sheila about transportation. They meet up at Peter's place to work on it every two... Oh, excuse me. Tuesday and Thursday. Peter and Jimmy are in charge of the poster while Sheila makes the booklets. They keep everything in Peter's place and do their best to work with one another. When it's almost done, Peter finds that Fudge has completely ruined the poster. Angry, he shuts himself in his room, wishing that Fudge was never born. Mom spanks Fudge and promises to buy him a new board tomorrow. The kids finish the work and get good marks. Sadly, Fudge happens to get into the supplies that were under Peter's bed again, and he gives himself a haircut, making him look more and more goblin-like by the day. <laughs> Dad installs a chain latch that Fudge can't reach onto Peter's door. <laughs> yeah, no. Chapter 8, <laughs> The TV Star. Sorry, just what you said that. I'm just like the foreshadowing. I know the foreshadowing, yeah. but yeah. Yeah, you read the fucking book. Yeah. There's a lot of foreshadowing. Like, I, I kind of like that. There's, I think there's some decent foreshadowing in this. Yeah. I don't think it's a bad book. I just don't think it was necessarily a book I liked, is, yeah. if that's fair to that's say. That's fair to say. Yeah, we're getting there. We're, we're almost done with the chapters. There's only three more chapters. Uh, like I said, chapter eight, the TV star. Peter has a new baby cousin, and Mom is going over to her sister's place to bo- in Boston to help her out for the weekend. Dad takes Peter and Fudge to the office that Friday, since Peter is off from school. While at the office, Dad leaves the kids with his sexy secretary. I, I like that I put sexy secretary. <laughs> she starts giving them a tour of the office when they stop near a group of kids and parents. They're there to try out for the Toddle Bike commercial. A large cigar-chomping man named Mr. Vincent, the president of the Toddle Bikes, comes out and doesn't like any of the kids. But when he sees Fudge, he immediately takes a shine at the kid and wants him for the commercial. Dad doesn't want Fudge for the commercial, but Mr. Vincent says, The kid is in the commercial, or I leave. Dad is apprehensive at first, but agrees on one condition. They shoot the commercial today. They agree. Peter also name drops part of the book title. (laughs) That he's a fourth grade nothing. Yeah. That afternoon, they try filming Fudge, but the kid won't ride the bike. They try bribing him, but it doesn't work. So they pull out the Peter card... Peter reluctantly uh, rides a bike meant for toddlers and makes Fudge jealous of the idea. And as always, it works. Peter is the true hero and gets a juicy kiss from the secretary right on the penis. Yeah, you're not fourth grade nothing anymore. (laughs) Chapter 9. Just another rainy day. On Saturday, it's raining and Dad is unsure of what to do with the kids, so he takes them to a movie. And Peter's like... He is too young for a movie. This goblet-ass child cannot sit through a fucking movie, Dad. Oh, I'll get into my question there in a second. They go to see a movie called A Bear's Life and have some difficulty with Fudge, as he won't stay quiet and throws his popcorn. But once the movie starts, Fudge is enamored by the feature. Thoughts and opinions on bringing toddlers or even little babies to the movie theater? If they're an infant... I get that I get the need to want to go out after like having a kid and yeah. you have like three hours of sleep and no time to yourself. Yeah. Get a grandparent, get a babysitter for those couple of hours. Yeah. For a toddler, it's kinda similar of honestly, get a babysitter. Get a babysitter. There's there is a right age. You know your kid the best. Yeah. You should know if they're gonna act up in public or not. Like, whenever I see a well behaved kid, I'm like, this kid a okay to see a movie. I, I work at a theater. I, I'm not gonna lie here. Uh, and like, 
whenever I see like a little baby that like is very fussy, I'm like, oh, that mom is going to be outside that theater the whole time. She's not going to get to enjoy anything. But I guess dad and the other kids are going to get to enjoy it, I guess. But yeah. At that point, mom should stay home. Mom should have just stayed home and watched Netflix. Yeah. Like, she could have enjoyed a movie at home, honestly. Yeah. Well, the other thing I've got to say with kids is... So, like, Fudge's age, I... I, It's been two years, so I can say this shit. Yeah. And I'm not going to give any specific information about, like, the parents Yeah, no, don't, you're not going to say any names. I'm not going to be, like, this specific. This little rat-faced fink. But I remember this one mom always wanted to have her kids, which were, like, toddlers, mm-hmm. sit through movies. Yeah. And they didn't want to sit through movies because they're toddlers. Toddlers don't like to sit. Yeah. That is just not what they do. And I think it's one of those, like, developmentally, two, they don't sit. Yeah. No. It's one thing. It, when- it's, it's hard. Like, sometimes, yeah, there, there'll be, like, the kids who want to sit through that shit. But, like, I feel like two is not the right age for it. They're going to be up at the TV. They're going to want to dance and shit. They're going to. Yeah. They want to watch Bluey, you know? Let them watch Bluey. Bluey's fine. If I heard Baby Shark one more time, I was going to kill somebody. Do, 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 do. <sighs> yeah, she can't kill. She got baby hands. Go grab your belt. Learn it from the Simpsons. <laughs> Alrighty. Peter is also into the movie. Would you watch a bear? I would watch a movie called A Bear's Life. That sounds like an interesting movie. Depending on what it, what, what actually happens, possibly. I mean, if, if a nine-year-old is down with it, I'm probably down with yeah, it. Yeah, that's fair. Because, like, yeah. Like, I mean, he, he's got class. <laughs> he doesn't like this Sheila bitch. I don't like her either. <laughs> uh, so Peter's really into the, in the movie, but soon realizes that Fudge has disappeared. Dad goes out to try and find him, but soon the picture is stopped and a manager and some ushers come in and announce they're looking for a lost child. Surprisingly enough, I've never experienced a lost child situation like this at my location, and I meant to ask one of my coworkers, JJ, it, because he's worked for the company longer than I have. If they've ever done this. Because, like, we don't normally... We can't, like, stop the picture and do this kind of stuff, unfortunately. The only time I've ever seen a movie stop is if there's a technical issue. Yeah, that's the only time. Like, I think maybe if we're, like, looking for, like, a child that's really can't be found. But, like, usually they're able, we're able to find the kids. Like, like it's fast. one of those we're calling the police kind of yeah. levels, not just... Peter gets up to help look for Fudge, and he's in the front and was trying to touch the bears. They start the show back up, and Dad later tells Fudge that movies are like TV. Just moving pictures. That night, Dad attempts to make a super duper meal. It's an omelet with mushrooms, which sounds pretty alright to me, honestly. I wouldn't call it super duper, but I'm not going to call it bad. He called it super duper. I'm just saying that you're hyping it up for... No, I mean, that was Dad, so... Sadly, Dad probably forgot to put any spices or or cheese on it, so it's awful. But apparently Fudge likes it. I'm guessing it probably also, because usually with an omelet, you want a little bit of milk, right? To thin the eggs so you can get the Uh, Yeah, yeah. Probably none of that, too. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it would add to the taste, though. It would add to the texture, though. Yeah. I mean, he said it tasted bad, not that the texture was bad. He's not you who can't take texture. That's It's not an uncommon thing. The day ends Don't act like it's such a weird thing. I I don't like picky ears. I'm sorry. I'm not that picky. You act like I'm, like, not going to eat anything. Anything that's picky, though, is personal. It's, it's, It's not you in particular, Sam. I just... I'm not a picky eater. I know. So, I don't... I don't appreciate a picky eater. I'm just saying what I... I And I know, I, I'm not I'm not saying that, but Piggy... Either. You are kind of saying it, though. I, I am saying it. Yeah, so why are you going, I'm not saying it, then? Well, I'm trying to I'm trying to get it off the topic, but you're not letting me get off of it. Okay, keep going. I will get off your dick. <laughs> Thank you. As you like to say it. Yeah, because you'll be, like, on it. You'll keep, like, needling me about something, and I'm like... Just eat, just eat it, Sam. Eat the penis. 
Eat the pennies. Uh, uh, but yeah, apparently Fudge likes it. The day ends with a bath for Fudge, and that Sunday they head to the airport to get Mom. Dad says they should keep their weekend a secret like a creepy pedophile, and Peter agrees. <laughs> about, about six weeks later, Fudge's commercial comes on TV, and Mom's surprised to see her son on TV. And they start telling her about what she missed on her lost weekend. Chapter 10. Also weird dick move, I, I think, in that chapter. Yeah. Dad's like, oh, I'm not going to do the dishes. That's for mom tomorrow. Yeah, that is a pretty dick move. Sorry. Hey, I know you hopped out your, uh, you know, your baby uh, little nep- nephew or whatever, but uh, fuck you. You're back here. Go, yeah, go it's play. not like she was like at a spa. Yeah. Chapter 10. Dribble. It's Friday, May 10th, the day that would go down in infamy. Peter gets home from school and finds his door opened with a chair at the doorway. He also finds Dribble is missing. Peter asks his mom if she knows where he is and is like, too, is like, foo, I won't touch no smelly ass turtle. But she starts helping him look for Dribble. Peter asks Fudge if he knows where the turtle is and admits he swallowed Dribble. Peter tells mom, who doesn't believe him, but when Fudge admits to swallowing the turtle, she immediately calls for an ambulance. The ambulance gets there and all three hop in. The paramedic asks what seems to be the problem, and Mom says he ate a turtle, and she gets the best reaction from them, where he says, He what? Yeah. Uh, They get to the hospital, and Peter has to wait in the waiting room with Fugazi. Finally, Dr. Cone and Mom come out and tell them that Fudge is going to be shitting his brains out soon and passing dribble. Peter wants to know if Dribble is alive, and they say he's going to need a new turtle. I'm like, that's su- like at least the doctor's honest, and it's yeah. going to be like, oh no, your turtle's fine. It's like, no, bitch, that, that, no, thing's, that dead. thing's dead. Also, the other thing that I'm like, what, what pisses me off is Mom being like, you're worried about that right now? It's like, I'm sorry. I wasn't the one that wasn't watching the fucking child. <laughs> Peter is heartbroken. It takes until Sunday for Fudge to pass the turtle. Fudge arrives home and mom and dad have gotten him a bunch of gifts. But there's also a gift for Peter. It's a new dog to make up for losing his turtle. Peter names the dog Turtle. The end. Aww. Yeah. <laughs> I do love what he said, what Peter says, though, when it's like they get him a bunch of gifts. I'm like, I'm sorry, this is his own damn fault. Like, yeah. It's not like he got like hit by a, tr- a wayward <clears throat> truck or something. Yeah. He swallowed a turtle. He took the turtle and went, into my mouth it goes... Oh, and somehow deep-throated a fucking turtle. I mean, he says it's a little turtle. I think the turtle on the book cover's way bigger, but, like, yeah. I think it's a small turtle. It's like a little baby turtle? Yeah. Still kind of fucked up. Like, again, he oh, still yeah, super did it. Up. Oh, man, imagine shitting that out. Oh. So, do you have any notes that we missed? Not really, because I didn't take that many, because I was just trying to get through it. Okay. And, again, I just felt, yeah, I think it's more of an emotional reaction from my years of... I gave with. you two weeks to finish this book, and you rushed it now. I'm sorry. <laughs> so here are some random references that uh, that appeared in this book at, in no particular order. Superman, National Geographic, Bloomingdale's, Magic Marker, Elmer's Glue, Scotch Tape, Goldfish Crackers, and Oreos. And I have uh, I have uh, two uh, I have two notes for this as well. Every time Fudge talks, I imagine it with Zach Hadel's voice. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, yeah. 
Put in a clip of Zach Cato doing a voice that would be good for this one. Zach sing. <laughs> Thanks, Chris. Uh, and Sam, do you have a favorite tale from this one? Honestly, probably... Honestly, I gotta agree with you on the birthday. The birthday bash. that It's birthday bash or dribble for me. Dribble was emotionally really good and heartbreaking, I feel. Yeah. And birthday bash was just hilarious in all the right ways. Because it felt very much like little kids. Like that, yeah. I'm like, oh no, that the kid pissing itself on purpose. The one kid that's scared of everything. <laughs> the fat kid that's just, I just, want food. I want food. Give me a second cake. And then... Pukes it all up. <laughs> yeah. Aw, like, puked on myself. Like, accurate. Yeah. Alrighty. Sam, do you have any pairings to go with this? So, I don't, I'm sorry. <laughs> I just yeah. couldn't think of anything, I'm sorry. I had a hard time coming with pairings, I won't lie. It's li- literally, my first pairing is literally the TV show adaptions. <laughs> oh, Alright, so my pairings are Fudge the Series, episodes How Turtle Got His Name, The TV Star, The Birthday Bash, and the Flying Train Committee. As always, I recommend the adaptation of books. Surprisingly enough, this whole book hasn't been adapted, but parts of it were used in episodes of the show Fudge. Uh, which, weirdest thing. Okay, so there's a TV movie that started it all. Mm-hmm. It was directed by the guy who did Black Christmas and A Christmas Story. <laughs> Very different tonally. I mean, I mean, Christmas Story, though, works. True, but Black Christmas is not one I go. I mean, I, I know him from doing that. Yeah. Um, now, to find this show is near impossible, but the inter- Internet Archive does have some of the episodes, at least the ones I recommend, are on there. It's not the best show, but it has its charm. Mom is played by the original Jan Brady, and Sheila looks like a mini blossom. I do kind of hope that this may one day see the light of day again on a random streaming service so I can give it a fair chance. I almost love a reboot in a way. Ah, uh, you know, I would like to maybe see an, an adaptation kind of like a Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret. Yeah, because I feel like it could definitely work. Because like the the movie of Are You There, God? Was freaking amazing. That was so good. I cried. Also, I believe Amblin has had the rights to it, so it was actually an Amblin production. Was Fudge? Yeah. So Spielberg produced that shit. Yeah. And I think to this day, uh, Judy Bloom doesn't remember that he had the had the rights because it did exist. Because I think she said in interviews that it's like, I think Spielberg had the rights to Tales of Fourth Grade Nothing, but he did nothing with it. But it's like, no, he just produced something. You just didn't remember it because no one remembers that (laughs) shit. Because, like, even I was like, wait, they made an adaptation? Yeah, it's not like some of the other ones where I go, oh, no, of course they did. Another pairing I have is The Cuckoo Clock of Doom. Quantum abortion. (laughs) Yes. This book also revolves around an older brother with a terrible sibling, but instead of getting a dog as a happy ending... He quantum aborts his sister. (laughs) So, hey, why not? And pretty much any media from the annoying younger sibling TV trope page. Yeah. So, there we go. See, I came up with some good ones. Yeah, no, you did. Quantum abortion. Quantum abortion. Quantum abortion. All right, Sam. Ratings and review. What's your review of this book? So, from a technical aspect, Judy Bloom is always really good. I'm never going to, like, critique her from a writing standpoint. Yeah, she's a a wonderful writer. It's not like some of them where I'm like, what the fuck was this? Yeah. What the fuck was that? As a a series of vignettes, basically, Mm -hmm. it didn't do it for me. I definitely was not the target audience. It it just felt very much like that whole, this was definitely meant for a child. The easiest way I can explain it is just, it frustrated me. But again, I think it's just coming from that spot of when I had to watch other people's kids and the parents being pissed at me for not parenting when it's like, I'm sorry. Am I the fucking parent? No, shut the fuck up. Yeah. 
Because that's kind of the vibe I got from mom a lot of times, was the, why aren't you watching your brother? And it's like, why aren't you? Yeah. So fair, fair. So I give it a three out of five, because it's a decent book. Like, I would recommend... average, yeah. I would recommend it in a few years to my nephew. Yeah. Yeah, I think he's almost ready. He's like seven, I don't know if... He can be read it. He can be read it. But yeah, I don't think he's quite ready to read it yet. But yeah, it's one of those, I'd recommend it for kids and other people that might like it, but it's not me. Alrighty, here is my paragraph-long rating review. As you all know, I, I go balls deep into my reviews. Whereas I'm just, I just kind of yeah. pre-wheeled it. Yep. Oh no, I write up my fucking reviews. I am, I am a, I'm a reviewer by heart. No, I'm not. I'm terrible. This one is definitely a nostalgic piece for me, but it does have some problems. A lot of times in this book, Peter goes on about nothing, and it doesn't really pay off. It's not like the I am, I am fine. Yeah. Sometimes his anecdotes can be charming and a bit funny, but most of the time, it just feels like page filler. Also, there really isn't an overall plot. The book honestly feels like a chain of short, humorous stories. Vignettes of Sam, but I actually really like vignettes. I was like, sad I didn't use that one. Is that a bad thing? No. I wasn't promised a book with a deep plot. I was promised Tales of a Fourth Grade Nothing, and that's exactly what I got. Yeah. It's literally right on the cover. It's Tales. You know? I will admit the last chapter did have me tearing up a bit, so I'll give it some emotional points for that. But overall, it was a fine book, but not one of Judy Bloom's best. But it is good. There's a reason why Fudge and Peter returned for more misadventures. I give Tales of a Fourth Grade Nothing three and a half half-digested turtles out of five. <laughs> rip dribble. Rip, rip indeed. Press F. Press F. Favorite the chats for... Yeah. All right. Thank you for joining us this week on Drunken Book Club. I really hope you guys enjoyed this one. I love doing a Judy Bloom book in on Judy Bloom June. Maybe one of these years, maybe next year uh, when I actually plan it out better, we can do actually more than one Judy Bloom book in Judy Bloom June. Yeah. Who knows? We'll maybe, see. We'll see. We will see. Uh, thank you for joining us. If you enjoy what you heard, make sure to join us on Patreon for a dollar a month. You get a ton of stuff. You get literally all the content for just a dollar. You get bonus episodes. You get this episode up early on the feed. You get our show, my show notes, which are almost for every episode except for ones where we do adventure books. I have notes for everything. So cool. Uh, <laughs> and it's all for a dollar. And you can also join us and recommend us books and stories. That's the big thing. For a dollar, you can recommend us whatever. And we will read those books either eventually or... Or immediately, depending on how... Depending on scheduling. It's pretty much depending on scheduling for the most part. Or if you pay us more. <laughs> hey, I, I, I used to be that guy, but it's like, hey, if you paid me more, I will I will definitely take your... I will take your... Uh, it'll go to the interest. head of the... It'll definitely go towards... It'll be like... The line. Yeah, I was about to say, it's like, oh, I was going to read this really cool book, but you know what? We're going to do this one instead. Sorry, Charlie and Choco Factory. You're tossed out. Here, we're doing this instead. <laughs> uh, so it's patreon.com slash drunken book club. Try our, join our one patron tray there and be cool. You can also follow us on Twitter at DBC underscore pod, where I share these episodes and retweet fun stuff and uh, show how leftist we are. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Sam. You can find me on Twitter and every so often at Tumblr at Berserker Rose. And you can find our good friends, Weiss and Brandon, who couldn't join us this today. Oh, well, I, I didn't invite them. I was about to say, when it comes to certain books, I'm like, I know Weiss can't read this stuff because he can't read. He, he never read three learned. pages of Sonic the Hedgehog. 
That's next week for people to learn, not this week. Sorry. Do you, do you, do you no, want no, to I'm not going to bleep that out. <laughs> they can learn. I mean, I rec- we literally recorded every single June book, uh, Drunk and Book Club episode by the third of this month. So I'm A-OK with saying that. Uh but yeah, I, as I was about to say, I love Weiss to death, but he he doesn't like to read all that much. Like he, it's hard for him to get into reading because he has really bad ADHD. Mid. So yeah, as I was about to say, Sam, I wouldn't have picked on you if you didn't finish the book. You should know this by now. I, I, still or was I like, probably would have picked on you. Yeah, you we would all have. picked on Weiss, and Brandon didn't get get a chance to read it because he he didn't get the book. I mean, that's fair though. And also, I don't think you could pirate that Sonic the Hedgehog book. Whereas this one, I'm pretty sure you could pirate. Oh, definitely. I mean, I bought this used. I'm not going to lie here. I have not bought a new book in a very long time. I mean, I have, but it's not for Drunken Book Club. Yeah, not for Drunken Book Club, me. I mean. Yeah, for me, I've bought, I personally have bought, like, I'll buy and support plenty of people. But when it comes to Drunken Book Club, we mostly go with used because a lot of these books are really old. Yeah, I was going to say, because this is... The reprint. Yeah, I was about to say, this is a reprint from 2003. This was the cheapest version. That's why we went with this one, because this one was $2 at Bookman's. Yeah. We have two different versions of Are You There, God, It's Me, Margaret. Because I wanted to see the differences. And there weren't, weren't that many. Yeah. Surprising. Uh, there was no period belt. Oh, yeah. Yep. And you, But you can find our friends, Weiss and Brandon, at Aldrich Made M-A-I-D, on Twitter for Brandon, and Weiss at Force Left Hander, drop the he E on Hander, and he's on YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok, actually. Check out his TikToks, because uh, his wife, Noelia, is definitely forcing him on there. <laughs> sorry, just what you say that. Just, yeah, like, yeah. he's like, sorry, just like he's trying to do a dance or something. Yeah. Just doing his <laughs> and she's like, mess. do it. Do it for do the it. vine. Do it for the vine. <laughs> and he's like, the vine doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> Alrighty, guys. Uh, Sam, do you have a song that we should go out on? Um, I, th- I have a song idea. Hmm. A song by the band The Turtles. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. Uh, how yeah. about the, so happy together. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Even though he fucking hates the No matter how they toss the dice, it had to be. The only one for me is you, and you for me.